So, we are starting a new series tonight, and this is a series that is, uh, it matters a lot to me. Now, everything that I say matters, and that's why I say it, because it's been put on my heart, but this is something that has touched my life in a lot of ways throughout my entire life. And so the series is called Always Keep Fighting, which I've talked about before. If you were here on a Sunday when I preached in either traditional or contemporary, I talked about that as a message. Thank you. I talked about that as a specific message geared towards depression. But in this series, we are going to talk about more than just that. Uh, we are going to talk about anxiety and how that feels. Uh, we are going to talk, like I said, next week will be a, a suicide uh convocation, meeting, whatever you want to call it, uh, then we will talk about PTSD, like stress, trauma, things like that. We'll talk about self-image, body image, uh, things that go along those, and then we'll talk about depression. So like all of those things. Now, as I say that, some of you are like, I don't know anything about these things. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I feel pretty good about myself. That's awesome. And, and this series is not designed to make you think, oh, maybe I should think bad of myself. You shouldn't. That's awesome if you don't feel those. But I guarantee that someone that you know, someone that's close to you, someone in your family, someone that's your friend, has some kind of dealing with one of these things we're talking about. And so it's good to then be able to talk to them, be able to understand. Because one of the hardest things when you are dealing with, with a, a, a mental health problem like this or with an emotional problem, one of the, the hardest things is when people just don't understand. When you talk about it, but it's like, they're like, hey, just smile. Or, or hey, just go over there and play foosball. Like, whatever it is. It's like they have these suggestions and it's not from a bad place. But it is just like if someone has the flu and you're like, well, just try not having the flu today. A and it's like, okay, well, that obviously doesn't work. Or try not having the coronavirus, whichever way you want to go. Um, I'll try not having that, but also, uh, so this week, as I said, we're going to talk about anxiety, and for most of these that I talk about, uh, I struggle with different aspects of them myself, which, yay, but, uh, this week is anxiety, and I think that's something that is one of the more common of all the issues, because even if you don't struggle with, like, the, the huge, uh, burden of anxiety, everybody feels anxious at some point, so everybody can kind of understand that feeling. Um, it's, it's... It's a very difficult thing because there's a line that everybody has where it's like, okay, well, should I push myself? Should I push them? Uh, and to a point, yeah, absolutely, encourage. But there is also a line where you have to understand it's not your choice to suffer this. Now, you, it's your choice to seek help. It's your choice to grow. It's your choice to, to talk about it. But it is not something that, that is wrong with you. One of the things that always uh, bothers me, that always, uh, it's like a pet peeve, but not like an angry one, but just one that like really hits me when people say it, is when someone struggles with one of these types of things, they say, what's wrong with me? Or this is wrong with me. Why, why is this wrong with me? There is nothing wrong with you. If any of these are, are, are on your heart, if you deal with any of these, there's nothing wrong with you. Now, you struggle with things, and there are things that you can get help for. There are things that you can grow from. There are things that you can learn how to deal with. But it's not wrong to have them. This is just who you are, and, and God will help you through it. People in your life will help you through it, and so you can learn how to deal. You can learn how to grow. Um, I have known people in my life who have been literally healed from these things. Uh, I have known people who suffered deep depression and almost killed themselves, and then uh, through prayer, through healing, through counseling, never had to deal with it again, and that happens. But I've also known a lot of people who deal with it their entire lives. I am one who has dealt with several of these things my entire life, and 
there are people who have made me feel like I don't have enough faith because of this. They make me feel like you're not praying hard enough, you're not believing hard enough. And that's not true because I do. I'm a pastor. I talk all the time and I talk to Jesus all the time. Like I really care. And for a long time I felt like there was something wrong with me. And part of my anxiety and depression was I do feel like there's something wrong with me, but that's beside the point. But it's something that that I had to learn how, okay, I can cope with this in different ways. Some people cope amazingly and you'd never know. Uh, Some people have more trouble with it and so they're more of a loner and and it's just you never know by looking at someone you never know by talking to someone it's just something that's inside and because of the way people don't understand because of the way people don't talk about it uh it's kept inside nobody will go get help nobody will talk because they're afraid they're afraid they'll be looked at as weak people are afraid to go to counseling people are afraid to ask for help people are afraid to pray about it because they're afraid people will say you're not enough they'll say you're there's something wrong with you uh and, and one of the things I said when I preached about depression on, on Always Keep Fighting Day was this is the first church I've been in uh, where I felt free to talk about that because other places that I've been would have judged me for that. Uh, and, and again, not the people that do that. Yes, it's, it's wrong to judge, and yes, it's wrong the way that they're, they're doing, but it's not something that most of them do out of anger or hatred. It's something out of misunderstanding, which is why this series is so important. So before I go into the scripture, which is about Moses, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what anxiety is. Um, there are so many different kinds. There's a seasonal anxiety where around Christmas and New Year's you feel just bad. You feel like uh, you can't do anything. You feel like everybody's happy. You feel like because you don't have someone or because your family's not the same that there's something wrong with you. Uh, there's uh, social anxiety where when you're around a big group of people, you feel just really scared and tense and nervous all of the time. Uh, there's anxiety where when you have to go do something, it's like, well, I can't go do this. And not not nervousness, although that's part of it, but, but anxiety to the point that you just really, truly don't believe you can do it, which is why I go with what if, because it's like having a voice in your head that says, what if? I'm going to tell you a personal story, and I'm going to share an example that I hopefully remember that's not personal. But so a personal story, just a couple years ago, last year maybe, I went to Cheesecake Factory with my mom. It was like my first time there, uh, because I'm from Indiana and we don't have restaurants. But it's, I'm just joking, we just don't have, we just don't have basketball anymore, sadly. But um, it's, I went to Cheesecake Factory the first time, and it was at lunch. And you may not know this, but in the summer, at lunch, Cheesecake Factory actually has several people there. And so all the tables were taken. And so they had these, like, lunch cafe seating things where, like, people are on every side of you. Your table is your own. And so my mom was sitting across from me, but there are people all around. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, cognitive of, I'm aware that she's there. Uh, I'm aware that, that, you know, it's my issue. And so I'm, you know, kind of listening and trying to focus and I'm eating, but I'm being very quiet. Uh, and, and, and it's, it's just, it comes off as shy. It comes off as nervous, but I'm just being very quiet. And my mom is like, my mom who loves me and who I love, she, she doesn't understand it. And so she's like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you being so quiet? Why are you like looking down, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I'm like, well, you know, I, I have anxiety around people and like, it's something that I really struggle with. It's something that, that is hard for me. And she's like, well, stop. Like, try not having it. And again, she was not saying that, like, hey, you know, you're an idiot for not trying to stop. She honestly thought that I'd never thought of that. She honestly thought it's something that that you just can stop doing. Because if you don't struggle with this, 
and you feel nervous, it kind of is something you can stop doing, which again is good. But when you have it, it's not something where you're like, man, today I'm going to make my life 300 times harder so that I can just earn all the trophies and, and be amazing because I'm having to work three times harder to do something. That's not how it is. Um, one of the things that I saw, and I wish I'd printed it out, but it was a, a Facebook post, which old people use apparently now. And so it's a post, and it's about um, anxiety is having an apple core in a business meeting. So like everybody had apples for some reason because it's a business about apples. Uh, apple computers, we'll say. And so you're sitting there. And yeah, I don't know. And so you're sitting there and you have an apple core because you've eaten it and you're looking at the trash can. And now s most people here are like, well, I'm going to go throw it away. But you're thinking, okay, if I stand up and throw this away, everybody's going to look. And what if I trip? What if this happens? What if I drop the apple? What if I miss the trash can? What if they're like, hey, you're interrupting? What if they think that you're stupid for doing that? What if, what if, what if? A and so you're sitting there waiting for someone else to get up first and go throw it away. But not just for someone else to get up first and go throw it away, but for enough time to pass that they don't think you're copying them, that they don't think you're like, oh, that looks cool, I'm going to go do it. And then they come back, and then you go, and then you're kind of happy with yourself because you did this, and then you feel dumb because you're happy for something so simple. And that is anxiety. Like, that is what this feels like. Uh, this is what I feel very much of the time. Like, I feel very much when we play the games, when I talk, um, Every single Sunday before I preach on a Sunday morning, I love doing it, and I feel so uh, close to God that I'm able to do it, that I was called to do it, even though I never thought I would. But every single Sunday morning, I'm not thinking, what if I don't know the scripture? Because I believe that I do. I have it on my heart. I'm not thinking, what if, what if I'm not long enough? Because I'm always too long. But what if, I, I'm not thinking anything like that. I'm thinking, what if I tell a joke and they don't laugh? And then because they don't laugh, they walk out. Or what if, and you guys are like, that's insane. Like, people don't come to church to laugh. And, and, and it's, yeah, well, some. But it's like, and I'm thinking that. I'm honestly thinking that. And then after a message, if, if uh, I did tell a joke, which happens, and nobody laughs, I'm like, man, this was awful. And then sometimes people come up and say, hey, that was a good message. Or, hey, you know, you don't smell today. Whatever, they say nice. And, and I'm like, in my head, I'm, think, I'm thinking thank you, and that's nice, and that's cool. But I'm thinking, man. That joke, like, I can never tell a joke again. And this is not just before the first service. It's worse before the 11 o'clock service because I'm like, okay, those jerk jokes worked. And I don't, like, have notes and things. I just kind of speak from the heart, as you can see. And, and I'm thinking, those jokes... They worked, but what if I don't remember them? What if I forget what I said? What if I don't get a laugh in this one? And that happens also. But what if, what if, what if? And it's just constantly going in my head. Now, at a certain point in my life, I, those, those thoughts crippled me to the point that I didn't speak, that I said no the first five times I was asked to speak in front of a youth group uh, because I was so scared, uh, because I didn't think I could do it. And that is anxiety. That is what it feels like. Anxiety is knowing that you have your test done, but being afraid to go turn it in first because what if people think this? What if people think that? And it sounds so crazy because it feels crazy. But my point with all of this is this is not where people like myself or anyone else that deals with it is thinking, man, you know what? Today I'm going to worry about every single thing. It's not that. It's just how you are. Just like some people uh, are colorblind. Just like some people are scared of spiders. Just like some people get beat up by second graders. Like whatever it is, somebody in here that happened to and we'll tell, talk about it later. But it's, it's like... It's like everybody has these issues that you deal with. Somebody's allergic to milk. Somebody uh, has something going on. And so that's what anxiety is. And so I'm going to read a story that, that really, to me, illustrates anxiety. And so this is from Exodus chapter 4, 
uh, it was an adult. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 17, and it was not Rob. Exodus chapter 4, he, he beat up the second grader he was with. But it's <laughs> Exodus chapter 4, <laughs> verses 1 through 17. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? This is after the bush burn. This is after God called him and said, hey, I know you were a murderer and I know you did this, but I love you and I'm going to help you talk to these people. I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm going to give you the power. And Moses is like, yeah, I know you can do that, but what if they don't listen? And this is Moses talking to God. This isn't just Moses sitting in a class. This isn't Moses sitting in a youth group. This isn't Moses sitting at home playing games. Like This is Moses talking to God saying, what if they think this after God has just said they won't? He's not trying to be disobedient. He's not trying to be a jerk. He literally has this anxiety inside him. And God is saying, dude, listen. And so Moses is like, what if they won't listen? What if they don't believe me? And so we go to... Uh, then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff, uh, and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back as good reaction. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into the shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back in your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe uh, you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, uh, the water from the Nile will turn into blood on the ground. But Moses... Uh, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Uh, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Now, this is a very amazing interaction for a lot of reasons because it's God speaking to one of his people. And it's something that we don't see a lot today, but it's something in the Bible that happens with people like Moses who we think of as biblical heroes, people who stand up for what they believe in, people who do the right thing, and he did. But as Mo God is telling him all of these things, this, is, this will turn into a snake, and this will turn into blood, and this will be disease, and it will all be healed, and they will see it. And God is easing him along, giving him not just one thing, not just two things, but three things to believe in, three things to focus on. And the entire time, and I know this from experience, not exact experience, but from kind of what happens in situations, Moses is thinking, I would almost guarantee this, he's thinking, uh, he's listening because it's God, but he's thinking, but I can't talk. Like, I, I forgot to say that I can't speak. I forgot to say this. What if I don't get a chance to say this? What if I have to go right now and I don't get a chance to talk? What if I say the wrong thing to God? What if he, he doesn't like me because I can't do this? What if he thinks that I'm dumb? What if, what if, what if? And he's thinking that. And so he says to God, and this actually shows courage because he's talking to God. This actually shows courage because he's telling him what he feels. Now he's doubting himself, which isn't good, but he's telling him, which is important. That's one of the first steps to do is find someone you trust and talk to them. Always start with prayer. Always start with prayer. Always do prayer all of the time, but also have someone that you can talk to. Maybe a counselor, but, but if not, so your parents or, or someone that's in your family, a best friend, someone, talk to them about it. And so Moses is doing that. And he says, but I know that you said all this power stuff, and I know that you showed me, and I know that you're God, but 
I can't talk very well. Uh, I, I can't speak very well. I said these things to the person that asked me to speak the first few times. Uh, I, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. All of these things. A and again, it's not like you're just sitting there trying to think of ways to worry. These things just pop in your head because there's a voice saying, what if? And so Moses comes out with that and says it and shows his anxiety and shows his worries and shows who he is. Uh, going to the next verse. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. So at this point, he's just going on. And most people, I believe, uh, like my mom was in Cheesecake Factory, would be like, dude, this is God. Like, just shut up and go do it. And don't get me wrong, when God tells you to do something, he is going to be with you and you should know that, you should believe that, you should feel confidence in that. But again, Moses is not choosing to feel this way. He feels this way and he's talking about it. Uh, it could be worse if he just skipped it. Jonah didn't really mess with anxiety and, and yet when he was called to do something, instead of talking about it with God, he ran away. And then a lot of things happened and Jonah ended up with bad life but so Moses is talking about it and saying it and so God is listening to him and talking to him and he says and this is important this is something to remember when you're in situations like this he says I made your mouth like I literally made you I will help you I will be with you this does not mean you're never going to be scared it doesn't mean you're never going to be nervous um, in fact if to me feeling nervous means that you care about something if I were ever to go preach and I didn't feel nervous at all I would really worry about what I was going to talk about because it, it means when I feel that nervousness, I know that it matters. I know that it matters to me. I know that I care. Uh, it's still hard, but it's something that we learn. It's something that we can grow in, and you talk. And so you remember that God made you. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to say throughout this series is you are enough. Uh, I hope that most of you know that, but if you don't, you are enough. There is nothing wrong with you. It's so important to hear that, so important to know that. And so God did make you, and he will be with you. He can conquer anything. He can help you through it. And for me, even though I continue to feel anxiety, that doesn't mean that God doesn't heal me. It doesn't mean that God doesn't work in me. It means that God helps me through that. It means that God is so strong that he can help me to go even though I have those voices. It means that he can continue talking to me along with those voices. So there's like a lot of conversations going on in my head at any given time. And, and I guess that sounds scary now that I said it out loud. But anyway, so it, it's something where God continues to work and continues to grow and continues to help. And so the last part of this scripture... Uh, then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be very delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in, and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him. Uh, telling him what to say and take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. A lot of people read this in a lot of different ways. For one, it's kind of weird for us because we know God is a loving God, a merciful God, to see the phrase God is angry. That doesn't mean that God was angry and sinned. It doesn't mean that God hated him. It doesn't mean that God w was wrathful at him. It means that God was angry at the situation. God felt like this desire so strongly to help Moses see his worth that, that he's like, man, I wish... I wish Moses could get this, and God could force him to get it, but that's not free will. And so he says, you will still have a chance to serve me. Aaron will speak for you. Your brother will speak for you. Most people don't even remember this part of the story when you talk about Moses. Your brother will speak for you. You will do the signs. You will be a part of it. There are two 
paths this could have taken. And this is where we get into that line I talked about with do you push yourself? Do you let people push you? Or do you understand your limits? I don't know. And I can't give you an answer to, in this situation, you know, know your limits and stay still. In this situation, push yourself. You're going to have to learn that over time. You're going to have to trust people. You're going to have to pray about it. You're going to have to find that. For Moses, had he at this point said, you know what, God, you are helping me so much. I'm going to really fight through my anxiety, my nervousness, and I'm going to do it even though I don't think I can, even though I don't think I'm enough. God would have helped him and he would have done it. Uh, And this, he did not fail because God used someone else because he was still there. God was not not understanding him. He was just saying, you're going to learn from this. So there will be times, if you deal with anxiety, where you are able to push through it. You're able to fight through it and you feel God's power and you feel loved and you feel hope and you're going to push through it and you're going to be able to do that. There will be times where you don't. There will be times where someone invites you to go out. Someone invites you to go have a game night. Someone invites you to go to eat and you just can't do it. You just can't be out for whatever reason. Maybe the whole day was hard and it really affects the way that you can fight it. Maybe something else had happened in your life and it really affects you. Uh, Maybe your dog has diabetes and it's something that's always on your mind and so it really uh, affects how you think about everything and how you think about yourself and all of these different things. Maybe something is going on in your life and it becomes harder. That does not make you a failure if you don't give up on God, if you don't give up on yourself. Now, if somebody, like for example, when I ask you guys to speak uh, on, the, on the Youth Sunday, some of you may be thinking, man, I really wish I could do that, but I don't think this is the time. That doesn't make you a failure. That means that you're aware of your limits. Now, if you're like, I'm never going to speak, I'm never going to try, I'm never going to do anything, then, then you have to start to really look at yourself and be like, okay, i got to stop, because even if I don't do it this time, I've got to remember that there'll be other opportunities. I have to remember that, that I'll be able to go forward. Um, I've said this before, I've said it a lot, uh, but when I was in college, I was so scared of public speaking that I pretended to be sick to get out of it, or I, I would even pretend to be sick while I was doing it, so I'd be like, and like talk barely so people would like not look, uh, do things with video clips so the lights are off, like all these different tricks. I'd take a lower grade, which is hard for me, but I'd take a lower grade for it, uh, and now I speak all the time, as you know, and, and so... That doesn't mean that I failed in college. It means that I was learning at my pace and that I was with, me, with God, trusting him to help me to go past that because I kept trying. That's what always keep fighting comes in. Do not give up. If you fail this one time, if you feel that you failed this one time, if you lose a battle, that does not mean you are losing the war because as long as you are trying, as long as you are fighting, you are winning. That is a win. That is what this series is about. Uh, And that is what Moses did. Even though he wasn't speaking there, eventually he did speak. Eventually he was able to talk to his people. He still felt the anxiety, but God still loved him and helped him through it. Uh, Last scripture, Philippians 4, 6 or 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. This peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When it says do not worry about anything, it does not mean that you're never going to worry. It means don't give in to worry about anything. Uh, Now, as I just said, sometimes you're going to not do something that somebody wants you to do. Sometimes you're not going to stand up when you feel like you should have stood up. Sometimes you're not going to say something, do something that you wanted to. That does not mean you gave in to worry as long as you're like, okay, I didn't do it this time, but I'm going to really talk to God about this. I'm going to talk to my counselor, my friends. I'm going to work on it next time. I'm going to keep fighting. Uh, It says, give him your prayers continue when you feel bad when you feel upset when you feel anxious when you feel hurt continue to pray continue to speak to him even if you don't feel him uh the song that they sang today in contemporary was literally 
even if you don't feel him, he's still working. Even if you don't see him, he's still there. That is absolutely true. You are going to go through times in your life, whether you have anxiety or not, where you don't necessarily feel God. That does not mean he's left you. He's there. It's you who doesn't feel him. I've done this too. The adults can tell you that too. But he will always be there. So always keep fighting. Always keep growing. Now, the last part I'm going to say is to people who don't deal with this. And again, that's awesome. Do not feel like there's something wrong with you if there's nothing wrong with you. Like, that's fine. There's nothing. It's good. But when someone comes to you and they're like, man, I feel so anxious about this. You're going to feel the temptation and you will. I promise you will. Because even if you have anxiety, you feel the temptation. You're going to feel the temptation to be like, well, just go do it. Like, let's just go see how this goes. Like, just push through it or just do this, just do that. I'll be with you, blah, blah, blah. That's not bad on the surface. That's not necessarily bad at all. Sometimes it's good advice and it shows that you care. But if they then are like, I just, I don't, I can't do it today. Don't make them feel like a failure. Just listen to them. Be like, well, why do you feel that way? You know, wh what's going on? Um, one of the things that can sometimes go with anxiety is having panic, att panic attacks. Um, I haven't had very many, but I've had, I remember the first one I had, I literally thought I was dying. Like I thought it was a heart attack. I thought it was the end. I thought I was going to make a quote from an old show, Sanford and Son, that only two people in here know. But I was going to, it was like, I thought that was it. I thought it was over. And then I realized it was just panic and it was anxiety and all of these different things. So maybe you feel that way. Maybe that affects you. Maybe it doesn't. But if someone that you know does, do not make them feel stupid. Do not make them feel wrong. But you also don't need to solve it. You can't solve it. What you can do is tell them you're there. What you can do is tell them you're listening. Tell them you love them. Tell them that you care. Tell them God is with you and keep doing that. Keep showing them that. And that is how you can help. That is how you can keep fighting. Because a lot of people as we go through this series, uh, when they deal with these different issues, people give up on them because they get tired of listening. I've had people tell me, yeah, you never do anything. I give up. I've had people tell me you're sad all the time. I've had people tell me all these things and give up and it sucks. So this does not mean you have to hold somebody's hand all the time, that you have to fix everything for them. But if you have a friend, a family member who suffers from this, be there for them. You can't do more than you can do, but you can pray for them. You can pray with them. You can listen to them. And if you have it, do not be afraid to talk because there is nothing wrong with you. Always keep fighting and God is with you. And that's all I got.